This weekend's podcast intro rap is brought to you by a person I met on a wine tour. Hello, don't you love the vineyard? This vintage has a flavor that goes inward to the nose with notes of apricot. If you like bread, this is something you have a lot. Or the Pinot Grigio, it's easy to drink while eating cheese. You know, it's a wine's wine, fruity, citrus, delicious, with a subtle hint of hibiscus. Comfortable, like the best pants you've ever worn, mixed with a bouquet of peppercorn on the lips, sweet like pomegranate. For when you're on a hammock and want to get hammered, decadent, great for sipping if you want a second wind, let them in. The tannins and earthy lime, oak finish, a worthy wine, Zinfandel, Sauvignon Hall. I want filet mignon, filet of fish, crisp jalapeno. I think this is called Tampalarino. Melons, cherry, caramelized toast. Very, I'll, I'll be honest, I have no shame. After two bottles, it's all the same. Let's have a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're in the mood for a weekend, you have got one in your ears now. Right? Right? Yeah, it's, it's weekend. It's weekend weather. I'm feeling it. Welcome to Weekend at Bergie's, the podcast where I hang out and talk to awesome people like yourself and people that come hang out at my place because I'm Bergie and it's the weekend. This is episode 15. Thanks for finding us. This weekend, I've got comic book creator Jay Bone, who is creating a comic book based on a podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. You may know that one. And it's coming out from Image Comics, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all kinds of very fun comic book stuff. Love Jay Bone. We're going to get into that shortly. Get excited. I'm excited. He's coming over. We're going to eat some chips and probably talk about John Byrne, because I know he's a big John Byrne fan. You know how we do? How are you? I'm great. As as you're listening, I am putting the finishing touches on my new record. Very excited about that. August 7th, it drops in Toronto at the Garrison. And in Halley on August 14th at Gus's Pub on Agricola. You know that you know it. Halley, I need you there. Gotta see you there. Toronto. I hope you'll join us for a CD party of glorious magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> am I am I excited? I'm a little excited. It's it's my newest favorite album that I've ever made. And I think uh, it's worthy to be shared with with anyone who enjoys a good rhyme. So if that describes yourself, I hope you'll find it into your head. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. How about Cal Johnston? Last episode, if you didn't hear it, Especially if you love comic books, you got to go back and listen to that. We had Cal Johnston of Strange Adventures joined us on episode 14. And next episode, episode 16, is going to be the one-year anniversary of this crazy podcast. One year I've been doing this. Not every week, like some podcasts. I know I've been doing this, but we'll get to that. I started this podcast with a dream in my mind and my heart in my thoughts. (laughs) What? And we made this. So we made it this far. I hope you're having fun. There's a lot more fun planned in the future. I've said fun a lot, I think. But that's that's what I'm having here. It's shorts weather on the weekend. I hope the weekend that you're having has shorts. I was trying to find shorts earlier, 
and my shorts weren't where I thought they were, so I've got to get the shorts out of hibernation. But that's, uh, that's whatever, that's a problem. I'll just dig them out, dig them out of my, my castle of clothing. Castle? Is that still a show? Yeah, Castle, anybody watch Castle? I, to me, Castle always seemed like the show that is targeted for ants. Like, if you have an aunt, an aunt, that, uh, that likes shows, they're like, Castle, that's, I, go ask your aunt. I, I bet she likes Castle, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with it, I've never watched an episode. It just, it, I get that feeling that that's a, an aunt or an ant type of show. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's great. That aunts, aunts deserve quality television programming also. Not just us. I just watched True Detective. New season just started. Kind of excited. I just listened to the new B.A. Johnston album. Well, it's not that new. It came out a few months ago. I'm going to play a song from that. B.A. Johnston, if you don't know. Canadian indie punk folk rock legend. I love all his music, and I'll play a little jam for you at the end of the uh, end of the show. I know he's up for a Polaris uh, sh- long list right now, so props to him. Props to BA. Had honor doing a few shows with him in the past. Seen him play in a in a bathroom at Rancho Relaxo before. <laughs> he's a original guy. BA Johnston. Reading a lot of comics right now. Of course, you know I'm reading some comics. Secret Wars from Marvel. I'm enjoying that. Star Wars also from Marvel. Really, really good if I haven't mentioned it before. Black Science from Image Comics by Rick Remender. Matteo Scalera. Low also by Rick Remender and Greg Tacchini. Those two books from Image are fantastic. Stray Bullets as well. You know I always love Stray Bullets. Cal and I talked about it last episode. Eight from Dark Horse was pretty good. Really dug that. And Lazarus as well from Image. What else did I just read? Oh, and the new Captain Canuck. Issue two by Kalman Androshovsky, former guest. Canada Day, right? Just around the corner. So grab some Captain Canuck. How about that? And I'd be remiss if I did not self-promote the last paper route, which is the new comic book by myself, Alex Kennedy, and Dave Howlett. We're dropping that August 16th in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia at Decaf. So I hope if you're in Nova Scotia and Dartmouth, come to Decaf. It's a great day supporting independent comic book creators. And I'll be there with the comic and we can talk about it. It'd be, it'll be super fun. And then, of course, if you want to get it, you can get it at your local comic shop as long as you tell them to get in touch with me or just get in touch with me. And we'll, we'll see what we can make happen. So the last paper route, very excited about that. I'll have more news about that and about the new album next episode hey and happy birthday and belated father's day to my dad i love you dad happy belated days to you (laughs) i'm gonna see you soon i can't wait so thank you thank you for everything for supporting my love of words and just generally being one heck of a guy so you know i'm a big fan love you dad and of course Lots and lots and lots of love to my mom. Hi, mommy. Love you. I hope you're listening. Even though you probably don't get all the comic book references. <laughs> Come on, call your parents right now. Say, tell them you love them. All that stuff, right? And if you don't love them, well, lie. <laughs> hey, let's get into this show. Jay Bone is here. Jay Bone. 
He has worked on Spider-Man. He has worked on The Ecstatics, Dupe Wolverine, The Spirit, New Frontier with Darwin Cook, Allison Dare with Jay Torres. He worked on True Patriot, which is a very cool Canadian comics anthology. He's worked on Chickadee Magazine. Some of you may know Chickadee Magazine, right? Owl Magazine, all kinds of great stuff. Always love talking to the guy. And he's a great dude to hang out with on the weekend, which coincidentally is about to happen. So we're going to get geeky. If you have any questions for me, drop a line, weekend at burgies at gmail.com. I am finally going to answer mailbag questions next episode. So get at me about that. If you have any questions, anything you want to tell me about, uh, whatever, you want to book me for a fondue and birthday party, drop a line, weekend at burgies at gmail.com. You got it. It's time to get into the weekend. Let's do it. Without further ado, he's here right now. He's a wonderful man, great human, and a very talented comic book creator, Jay Bone. Are we are we gonna hear clinking ice cubes while we're drink while we're podcasting? It can be atmosphere, it's fine. <laughs> I like to give the real vibe that we're we're actually here on the weekend, right? It's it's the bar we're at. <laughs> Oh, it's great to have you here, Jay. This is good. Thanks, SJ. Yeah, I know. A lot of J's going on. J Bone. Now, is Bone uh, an abbreviation? Bone is your, your last is, name? Is my for real last name, for, yeah. It's amazing. I didn't know if it was short for like Bonifacio. We had a former no, Toronto no. Blue Jay was uh, Emilio Bonifacio. And, <laughs> and to be honest, I have no idea what the origin is. It's probably French, I think. Like yeah. somebody told me once it could be like it used to be Bonhomme. So good man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now it's just Bone. Yeah. That's a cool name. When I was a kid, I thought it's because we were grave diggers. Bone. Oh, yeah. The Bone family. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That makes sense because some people's last name is like Schumann. Exactly, yeah. they made shoes, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, like yours is Burglar. Yeah, that's right. Because I burgle. Exactly. <laughs> Anybody ever call you like Jaboni? Was that no. a nickname that never stuck? It's because it kind of, if you spelled it, if you just look J-Bone, it's like, oh, I like that artist there, that Jaboni guy. The Jibo- <laughs> you, you could probably guess the nickname that I got and my brother got and my sister got all through like grade school, high school was Boner. Boner, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing new. For, for my, th- what I get now is that nobody thinks J-Bone is a real name just because I use the initial, but like J being my first name, J-A-Y or, or Jason or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, I get the like, that the whole thing is a fake name. It's an awesome name. I like it. I'm <laughs> it a big works fan. Out perfect. I'm a fan of the name and the man. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it wasn't comics, I would have gone into porn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just better at comics. <laughs> I think that worked out better for all of us. <laughs> so how did you get your start in comics to, to go Boy. the cliched route right Ooh. off the top? Um, you like drawing pictures. I, yeah, I just like drawing pictures. I never actually thought of comics as a career until um, I, was, I wanted to go into animation. Mm-hmm. Wanted to, so I went to Sheridan College, didn't get in the animation program. Uh, anyway, yeah, so then I, I got into illustration, so I took it, thinking that I'll do a year or whatever it takes and then, and then do animation. And, but most of my roommates were in animation, and they were miserable, and uh, yeah, so I, I I got an illustration and always knew that I was in the end gonna try for comics. Like I didn't want a career doing package design or the usual illustration stuff, editorial, whatever. Uh, so in my third year, just focused on doing comic book pages and and that, and then like started sending out 
samples and and whatever. In the meantime, got a job at Nelvana doing it, like not actual animation, but working on backgrounds for animation. So in a way, I kind of got into the career anyway. And then uh, jump ahead three years probably, met Jay Torres at a convention, started right. doing Allison Dare, yeah, Solar Stella, yeah. and all that early stuff. Totally, yeah. So yeah. Allison Dare... 12-year-old Indiana Jones explorer, yeah. Nancy yeah, drew a little, like, thing. just pre-teen, so okay. whatever yeah. that is, like, yeah, 9 to 11 kind of thing. It's a great comic, and at the time, I think one of the only all-ages comics, because that would have been, what, 2002? Uh, I think you're right, yeah. I think our first one was maybe 2000 and... No, you're right. Probably 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we started it in 2000. Yeah. So it would have taken a while to get it done, published by Oni. Great company. Um, Leave it to chance was, I think, maybe the only other one. Yeah, there was... Well, I remember because I was working at a comic book store and... yeah. People would come in with young kids all the time, and now it's great. There seems to be way more. The oh, yeah, all ages yeah. section has expanded. You know, with Super Friends, and there's so yeah. many other oh, great well, even books if you out just there. Go Tiny like Titans and Squirrel Girl. Is, yeah, is perfect for any like any age kids. Yeah, but I remember having a really hard time trying to recommend comics, or people would the one we'd always get would be, "Oh, my kid loves Bone. Do you have any other comics?" Something I was like, like that. Well, I don't know. And then I remember like. I found out about Allison Dare through Cal, Cal yeah. Johnston, Strange Adventures, another weekend at Bergie's Guest. And so he told me about Allison Dare. And yeah. I remember just, we sold tons of that that book. And it was great, great, it was a great book. Yeah. And so now, Oni doesn't publish it now. Is it Tundra? No, or? yeah, it moved to Tundra and it's, I think, free again. Like it, it, uh, um, it sort of just kept moving around, or we kept sort of trying to keep it in print. And every time we got a new publisher, the idea was to continue or or do new adventures or mm-hmm. something. Um, but that never worked out, like cost wise. It was better for them just to republish the old stuff. And so I think right now, like I say, it's a free. Like we can now take it to some other publisher if we want. Cool. So I guess the character herself, she's an adventurer, detective. Yeah, basically female Johnny Quest was yeah. was like the Torres pitch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and a little bit of young Indiana Jones with her two sidekick friends, uh, Dorothy or Dot and uh, Wendy. The uh, the three J Torres loves his references to children's literature. Oh, okay. So it's so it's Wendy, Peter Dorothy, Pan. yeah, and and, uh, and Allison. Oh, okay. Alice in Wonderland. I get it. I never real. I never made that connection until now. I could see that being a TV series as well, and and just more comics, right? Let's keep you know. Just- yeah, it it kept like, oh man, like you know the um, uh, what are the twins? The the kids from Full House. What are they called? What oh, are their names? But, yes, Mary uh, Kate and Ashley. Yeah, they were still young when Allison Dare was uh, like a property. So the talk was we were trying to get it in front of the the, the girl's agent. And then have you know them play? I don't know what we would have done with it, but just get you know let them buy the rights or get them to buy the rights or whatever. That never happened. Then there was talk of a they cartoon. They probably would have ruined it too. They would have, well, they would have made Allison. She would have just been twins, and yeah. then whatever. Um, they just had no respect for the original source <laughs> material. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's and it was it was a video game. Like there was a, an attempt at making it into a video game oh, at I didn't one point know that. to. I think that just fell apart. Everything sort of seemed to never really come together. Well, it's so, it's so tough, right? With the oh, independent yeah. property, but you guys have owned the rights to it all this time, which is great. Yeah, right? yep. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's yeah. you know when you've got something like that and you can own that character, you know, with you and Jay Torres, who I knew from 
uh, the copybook tales. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. you knew him way back before. Yeah, or that was him. Slave Labor. Yeah, because I read a lot of Slave Labor comics because okay. they did Slacker and Milk and Cheese. Like the Evan yeah. Dorkin stuff was coming out with Slave Labor and then Slacker comics. Okay. And I believe that's, I, that's why I think Copybook Tales was published by them. I've got them buried in amongst all those boxes up yeah. there that you saw. The crazy oh, collection. Yeah. One day I'm going to be buried in all my long boxes. <laughs> it's just going to collapse on you. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great series, Copybook Tales. I think it got reprinted. I've got the Yeah, I think the there's first a whole like, omnibus thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I never got the collection because I had the originals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Are they signed though? Uh, no, because uh-huh. I was in Halifax buying them at the time and completely una- you know, unaware of the whole Toronto scene that was happening. Yeah. Because no, tor- he was Toronto you based, right? you to sign them and decrease the value. <laughs> <laughs> they're ruined. They're written on. <laughs> J and J. Yeah. So you, with the animation, when you say you, you're, you started studying animation, your style is very clean and fluid, and it, it does have a very nice animation Equality to it. I've al- I've always noticed that. Yeah. Um, but you've also got classic superhero stuff. Like I would almost say, like Alex Toth, maybe an influence or Bruce Tim for sure. Yeah, like, like yeah, Batman and, stuff and, and like Darwin Cook for sure. Darwin, sure, um, yeah, yeah. I uh, like I I when Batman animated series was on TV. I think it was in first year college because we all used to like take over the the common room in the the at, in residence and uh, we'd all watch Batman. So I was trying to draw that style, and then when I did Alison Dare, I remember one of the the notes I got from the uh, Oni publisher or uh, from my from my editor, with Jamie Rich, was that it looks a little bit like a coloring book. Like I was leaving everything open, mm-hmm. and because it's a black and white comic, you have to learn how to spot blacks. Right. Okay. So that was a slow process, and then I met Cook, and like that guy knows how to spot blacks and yeah. ink and all kinds of things. So when I was inking him, those those like four or five years where I inked him, I just learned like so much more how to plus up my own artwork. So that's kind of what I think. I had that clean line art style anyway, and then I just learned how to like make it look better, hopefully. Love your stuff. And with Darwin, because you guys worked together on, you did some Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, I remember we did Tangled Spider-Man. Web and then New Frontier, Spirit, of course. New Frontier. Spirit, yeah. uh, uh, what else? I inked him on a, so many things that I don't even even remember. Maybe it was just the spirit for, for the, like the year of the spirit. I mean, that's yeah, because that was after New Frontier, issues. right? Spirit came out uh, after yeah. New Frontier. Yeah, yeah. You've done a, mostly. Would you say DC is the stuff you worked Pretty on? Pretty much. Like, yeah. yeah, I would. I would say the Marvel. There was the, there were the two Spider Man stories with Cook. Um, I inked Ecstatics on Mike Allred for oh, the right. uh, yeah that the, dupe. It was a dupe thing. Well, oh, that's the other thing I inked yeah. Darwin on. Yes, we did the dupe Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, on Mike, I inked the storyline that was supposed to be Princess Die. Oh, and then what's that about? It turned into well, it was the might have been the year that Lady Die died in the car accident, or the, or the next year. So uh, Peter Milligan wrote a story where. Lady Di comes back from the dead and the ecstatics like meet her and a little risky for Marvel. Well, that's yeah. So, and then Marvel kind of backed down, um, when the, uh, when like Buckingham palace said, we have a problem with this. So they turned it into just this, like, she just became sort of, a. when the monarchy um, says, yeah, no, <laughs> the queen does not approve. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it became, I think it just became a princess of, you know, some made up like place. And, uh, we had to change the hair and like Mike changed the design of the character. 
And it was too bad because his likeness for Lady Di was so good. And it wasn't, it, it didn't, it didn't disrespect her at all. It just was like, okay, maybe too soon. Maybe, you know, don't piss off the monarchy. Yeah. You don't want them sending over. Yeah. Captain Britain. Who are they going <laughs> to? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's such a threat. <laughs> well, the Spider-Man, they had Spider-Britain or British. I just read that whole Spider-Verse. Or you, I don't oh, know if I've seen that. some of it. Yeah. There was a British Spider-Man, and he was basically, he was a member of the Captain Britain Corps. And I never really understood uh. that Captain Britain's got his whole universe of yeah, guys yeah. did you never you never read excalibur oh i did i oh, did okay. but i always that whole concept kind of even as, as a young boy reading those comics it kind of confused me but i mean i liked yeah. it. the alan davis stuff was great oh yeah yeah yeah. That, yeah that's what i was just reading it just like just the alan davis run yeah or um like chris claremont for those i was first buying those back issues and then alan davis came back and took over the whole thing but yeah it's funny that multiverse you just reminding me like the fact that there was all the earth numbers and that's kind of what's going on now with both like Secret Wars and, or Secret Wars, the new Secret Wars and Convergence, where once again, those two big companies are having to deal with the fact that they've got like these multiple worlds that really just mess with continuity. Yeah, yeah. For the listeners at home who may not be up on all their Marvel and DC <laughs> stuff, there are various versions. DC, I think DC probably started it having the different versions of ca- their own characters from back to the 70s with the Flash of Two yeah. Worlds and the different Green Lanterns. There's Alan Scott and then of course there was Hal Jordan and John Stewart and everybody who came after Kyle Rayner. And yeah. I could name Green Lanterns all yeah, day. I was, <laughs> was going to say n- nerd. Um, Kilowatt but, but but with Marvel and, and they've they've gotten to they start ex- to keep these characters going they would yeah. have the different universes and they'd explain oh no this Flash lives in this world and this Flash lives in diff- this world yeah. and now they're coming back up every twenty years or so the continuity that's, that's what it seems up to, to be them, yeah. right? so yeah. when it, when the when the nerds get all upset I'm like oh come on it's just, you could almost see it coming because once again there's like a you know there's just, it just became too confusing which continuity is this and i i don't care about continuity so with the um excalibur i loved that whole cross time caper they did where they went yeah. to all those different worlds and and met like variations on themselves the uh, the whole excalibur crew so i just think those stories are fun like i don't i don't really Think about how they fit into like where Spider-Man is at this time or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter to me. But I get, you know, if you're it's sort of like soap operas. You want a bit of you want a bit of coherence. Yeah. And sometimes it just gets so wide. Like you've got multiple Earths and this flash is meeting that flash. And then some writer comes along and ties their whole histories in together. And then you're like, well, now it's just confusing. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I there's certainly some series that I I really want them to adhere strictly to the continuity, but other times when I'm just reading a story. As long as I'm not interrupted with a thought like, wait a second, yeah. that is just a slap in the face that makes no sense. <laughs> what are they going to do? But it's just a little thing that will take me out of it. Yeah. Because I'll accept all kinds of stuff. You know, I used to watch, oh, yeah. you mentioned soap operas. I used to watch Days of Our Lives with my mom every now and then. Yeah. Catch a little John Black, Marlena action. <laughs> I was yeah. young in the restless yeah. guy, but yeah. <laughs> you, get, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. But I think... Just keep give me a good story, and yeah. then I'll accept everything around it. Because if you start nitpicking the continuity, you will go crazy. Yeah, like especially with something like X Men or Excalibur. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of times you have to forget 
like um, I'm I'm aware of the writer being a writer. So when I'm reading a comic book, sometimes I think like, yeah, that's just because the writer really loves that show or something. So that's why that character made that reference. So I I step out of the comic a lot where I'm realizing like this is a writer thing, not a character thing. So that can kind of somewhat ruin things. I don't know whether that's just because I write comics too or or whether it's just something I do anyway. But yeah, that, that can kind of take you out of it. Exactly. When you you hear the writer's voice and not, yeah, yeah, and then the best writers are the guys that you they're complete chameleons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of weird Spider-Man shit, bring it on. I love uh, it. So, did you ever watch the '90s Spider-Man cartoon? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, do you know you know all about Water Clone Mary Jane? Yes, I just I, found out about this. <laughs> I forgot so, that was a thing. Like I was I, watching it when it was coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I was at a party and this and this kid who I was talking to this guy who was a huge comic fan. So, so we were talking about the things you you grew up with, and and so for me, there was like this was what Spider Man was was like Spider Man and his amazing friends, and this the sixties seventies. For him, it was this nineties cartoon, and he said, you know, there's this like heartbreaking story where like Peter finds out that Mary Jane, who he's been married to, is a clone of Hydro Man, and right away I was like wait, what? And, and she dissolves <laughs> in his arms and, and dies. And I was like, so where's the real Mary Jane? He's like, oh, she was like in some like other dimension or something this whole time. She was on a time. fashion shoot in Milan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm like, so he was married to a water clone. So that when she- Science doesn't work. Yeah, when she disappeared, why is he more devastated that water clone is gone and not- Where's my real girlfriend? <laughs> and, it was, and that's like an instant phone call to Hydro Man. He's like, "Hey, man! Oh, Hydro Man the was there too, exactly." And I'm like, "Doesn't that make it uncomfortable?" He's like, "Oh, you married my water clone." Oh, so man. really, that's part of me, Peter. So if they. <laughs> By the way, that was the finger click click. That's, that's <laughs> for the listeners at home. Jay made the finger clicking motion. Yeah. Oh, uh, so if she slept on a waterbed, is that like she's sleeping <laughs> oh on top God. of like her family or something? Is oh. that weird? I don't know. Yeah. If you're water based, I guess we we're Did, water based. Take showers Humans and, are water based. Oh, but we don't dissolve. <laughs> True. Uh, would she take showers and baths or just kind of like. <laughs> Is she self-cleaning? Yeah. <laughs> There's just too many questions with water clone Mary Jane. Worries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that show was, it's funny because you do meet some people and that was their, their Oh yeah. No, for him, this is canon. Yeah. This is like, this is the Spider-Man. And then they get mad at the movie. Like that movie, this Tobey Maguire movie was nothing like Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah I know. Or you the know? comics or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Any of that stuff. I'm like, but that's, you have the worst. You yeah. got <laughs> In that situation, it's all about the germ of what the character is. The new X-Men movie where they ruin all these characters. Like, look, did they get the core yeah. of the character right? You know? Like, I like the X-Men movies, I think, have their their moments. So, Yeah, yeah. Nah, not the best, but. No, and you know I what? X-Men 2 is my favorite. Or First Class was good, I like. I, I liked First Class until I watched it again. And then I was kind of like, oh, there's like long stretches of boring yeah, and then Days of Future Past. I oh, was that the newest one. That, yes. I, yeah. Even in the theater, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really into. Like, it looked amazing, but there was just so much. Well, you probably remember the original. Yeah. Comics too, which I am too, and I was like, oh, it's not really anything like the original comics. Yeah, but. and there was like changing powers for certain character. Like Kitty Pride has all new powers. Well, what was just with that time travel? I mean, spoiler alert, guys listening, <laughs> but. 
she can travel people. She, she can travel people's minds. She back can tra- in time. <laughs> travel my brain. Power. Go I back. Travel people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> It's Wolverine and scientifically incorrect. <laughs> Wolverine old young now. <laughs> well, I love Wolverine in the original in the Claremont Byrne stuff. When, yeah. When he was really when they made him, when like Byrne and Claremont really shaped him. I think they'd probably argue over who was more responsible about that. Oh, it, I mean, it was Byrne. It was Byrne sure. all the way. <laughs> I'm sure positive of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we couldn't I couldn't have you over without us talking about John. Byrne. I know. And I almost brought him up when we were talking about Spider-Man, because I was gonna say, like, so what so what Kusada's saying is that chapter one never happened? Oh. <laughs> chapter one was a series of Spidey books that John Byrne did in that early 2000s, I think. It was, was I that think, long ago? I think oh, it was man. in response to Ultimate Spider-Man being a thing. And then John Byrne said, no, this is real Spider-Man. Yeah. But of course, nobody cared. And no. Ultimate Spider-Man was already like yeah. on this just runaway hit Bendis bandwagon like of success that yeah and and he no one cared about Burn anymore John Burn for the people listening <laughs> don't know is uh basically the number I would say he was the number one comic creator of the eighties oh yeah 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 uh, one of the one of the things Burn did in that chapter one storyline is one of those things I hate that the movies did where they try to tie everybody all in together he did he didn't do it as crazily as the movies but Peter happened to be at the explosion where Dr. Octopus is created Where and I th- arms fused. Yeah. And, and I think was that linked to the spider, you know what? I'd have to reread them yeah. again, but I remember there being a lot of connections it's that stuff you can do after something already exists. You can start piecing, you know, tying it all in. Yeah. Connecting like the, the movies, the, the, that first one, I loved Andrew Garfield and, and, uh, Emma Stone in it. But, uh, the fact that they made Peter's family responsible for Peter becoming Spider-Man in a way because of their radioactive spiders who also created the lizard. So that makes Peter personally responsible for the lizard. And Gwen works at the same facility. It's just like, oh, enough. It's too convenient. There's oh, a limit to the convenience I will accept. It, it also takes away from Peter being a hero because that's the right thing to do. Exactly. He has to do it because he's responsible. So as soon as his responsibility's over, there's no reason for him to be a superhero. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Uncle Ben from the original Stanley Ditko comics, when Uncle Ben gets killed by the burglar or yeah. robber that... Peter let get away after he did the wrestling match. Yeah. That was just Shakespearean. Yeah, just, that's enough for him to go, I can't be a I can't be a dick. Yeah. And that taught him because he was kind of a dick. He's yeah. like, he does what any teenager would do in his position. Oh, I got superpowers. I'm gonna go make money I would being sneak, a wrestler. I'd sneak into the girls' locker room and rob banks. <laughs> that's yeah. what I would do. Yeah, let's be, you know, let's be honest. And wrestle. Yeah. I would totally wrestle. But yeah, Burns' ideas, I mean, in the eighties. There's, it's hard to find a bad burn comic. Yeah. His X-Men stuff is great, Fantastic Four. He did Superman. He did some Spidey annual. He did Spidey Annual, at least one, a couple issues. Yeah. Avengers West Coast, I was a big fan of. A lot a lot of my first, like uh, Alpha Flight, a lot of the first yeah. comics I was getting, I didn't know until after were John Byrne. Like I have a uh, Tigra, Craven, Spider-Man, which I think was I don't know whether yeah, it was, was a Marvel team up or yeah, whether, what was it was, Marvel, but there was a Marvel. I know exactly the issue you're. You know the one about. where she's in control, like Craven's got her under mind control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. I have that issue, and that I think was the first time I read a story about Tigra, and I've always been a bit of a Tigra fan. <laughs> I think since. that's what did it. I, but sorry, go on. yeah. Oh no, no. I think that's 
I, I don't even remember. You go on. <laughs> you go on. Tiger and Craven and Spidey. Uh, oh no, that was that was kind of and it was Burn. Yeah, it's it's one of those books that that um, I had in my collection for so many years, and then when I was like nerding out and organizing and counting my and and writing on little labels what who drew which issue and all that, that I was like, this is John Byrne. This is John Byrne, and I realized that that I had been buying his stuff like in the past before I like purposely started buying. Cause like when he was doing she Hulk, uh, that was when I first really became aware of buying for a specific artist. Cause I, I think I was getting him and, uh, Mike Mignola. I was just getting into had done cosmic odyssey. Yeah. Fafford and the gray Mauser. Yeah. Series for that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I started sort of backtracking and buying all those guys. And isn't that amazing though? You were just, drawn to these you're like i just know i like these books for whatever yeah. reason and then they all you put it together later on they're all it's all the same guy the same guy yeah yeah do you have a favorite burn story that you can think of i've all, you know what one of my favorites i've always loved his sf run or his ff run because it was sci-fi there was this storyline because i always love science fiction stories so that's why that run was like it had so many science fiction elements um, and did you read that run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so there's there's a storyline where they uh, they they're in space. They might be in the negative zone. I, I actually can't remember. Come across a spaceship where millions of the the people who are on the spaceship are in uh, sus- suspended animation, or the aliens. I mean, they're in suspended animation, but there's a sh- a small crew of like seven who have been. Do, running this ship for thousands of generations. So they're like, their whole life has been on this ship. And the whole goal is to take this ship to an, a planet very similar to their own planet. But it failed somewhere along the line. Reed figures out here's a planet. It's very much like your home planet. They land on it and it's all pretty. It's like a Garden of Eden, flowers, butterflies everywhere. And the seven crew members are terrified because they've lived on a spaceship. For all those years, so they don't think this is really the, the world, yeah. and it's sort of an anti-evolution thing. Like one of them even rants about how they have never changed, and uh, they run back on the ship and take off. And Reed and Sue, of course, are like, you know, they're the FF are standing there, like, oh well, we tried, kind we of tried, thing. But yeah. but I always love that story because yeah, it, yeah, it's just so it's just such a powerful statement and it was just a great story and the art's good i just love everything about it yeah yeah he's writing and illustrating oh yeah he's doing two or three books at a time I think. I think he was doing west coast avengers at the same time or or just regular avengers at the same time as ff yeah i, I think he was doing those two and then did he do namor and she hulk uh yeah namor was no namor had some great stories too yeah i'm trying to remember i don't think i ever read all of his namors oh no no did you read the headhunter Storyline. No. It was like a two-part. Regale me of it, please. It, two, two-part. It's just this crazy <laughs> please, thing with this, like this, like it's so very '80s, early '90s boardroom kind of drama stuff. And there was this head headhunter who would, I think, she was kidnapping. Oh, like and, an actual headhunter for jobs. Yes, like but a, like oh no, she was killing people kidnapping now. and chopping the heads off. Um, CEOs, <laughs> and and so th- there's this like Namor walks into a room and she's got these CEOs on like head plaques on her wall, and she sort of shows behind that they're they're all hooked up to or what are they they're like he she sort of she sort of reveals like what's behind them 
and it's it's like an empty wall kind of thing, it, you know, and she's getting stock tips or whatever it is, insider trading kind of scoop. And then in the next, like the cliffhanger is, Namor comes to and he's a head on the wall. So the, yeah, she must've had machinery hooked up so that the heads are still alive and she can drain their brains of all their you know, information. Of course. Then, of course, it, you know, the, uh, the twist, spoilers again, is that there was this whole, <laughs> like, one been yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's like, read all oh, oh, I've been dying to find out about that. The, uh, she, she, Sorry, re- Phil. <laughs> she reveals, and it's, it's, it's just this, like, crazy stuff that I love that Byrne would do is that there's a mirror set up so that it looks like machinery, like the mirror is set at a 45 degree angle. So the machinery looks like it's hooked up to the heads, but really they're just guys who are, their heads are stuck through a hole in the wall. So Namor busts out of the, the hole in the wall, saves all the guys, the, and, you know, takes out the headhunter or whatever. But it was just this crazy story of like, <laughs> what was she planning? What was with, the, like, why bother showing the fake setup with the machinery thing? Like, who does that? It's a lot of effort. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and just to have it be like this cheesy magic trick with the 45 degree angle mirror. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's so, I love it. <laughs> oh, well, now I got to go dig those up. Oh, yeah. And that's a series that it's a weird comic, and not to get. Go off too far. We're I think we already have. Great. I think we already have. Like Jay's coming over. We're going to just geek out. It's going to be great. I'm just going to unleash. You haven't even looked at the your list of questions. Oh, yeah. I've got a notepad. Oh, forget it. Jaboni. You're just, all it says is like, just ask Jay about John Byrne. <laughs> Actually, I do have that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Byrne thing. The one thing I did write down was what did you write? FX, Wayne Osborne. <laughs> 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 oh, Only you, yeah. Out of anyone who could ever do this show, if I just say FX, Wayne Osborne, that I'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> yep, and I've got the trade. I don't even think I ever finished reading it. But I don't know if anyone did, let's tell well, what it, what was. Oh my god, it was this amazing. Um, I I was uh, I was following. I mean, if if you followed Burns uh, Burn Robotics message board thingamajigger, he takes commissions. That's sort of what he's doing right now, and. Wayne Osborne basically commissioned him to do a comic book series. And at least that's my understanding of it. So basically Wayne was just this super fan who must've had a shit ton of money and said like, burn, I'm going to pay you to draw the comic that I wrote and burn did. And it's not terrible. It's, it's pretty fun. Like it's a kid who, I can't remember whether he has. He says a special effect noise. Yeah, and then and then noise. like it's it becomes real, sort of like Green Lantern's power ring. Yeah. but it becomes this shape around him, so he can do guns and planes. And but there was weird storylines <laughs> with like the Universal Horror Monsters were in one of the storylines. How did Wayne Osborne get the rights to those guys? I, well, <laughs> as long as you don't look like like you can do any monsters, as long as it doesn't look like Bela Lugosi, Karloff, or any of that. Stuff you can do Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman. So yeah, it. But uh, yeah, I I th- assume it was just that initial six issues, maybe eight issues. Uh, they did a second series, but burned in illustrated. Oh, yeah, uh, Wayne Osborne took it to the okay. next level. I guess you know, man, and you know, I know, tolerated him enough. I think <laughs> they didn't demand might, him. They, yeah. they, they, they tolerated him. because you tolerated it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's more FX. <laughs> that should have been on the cover. That's exactly. I always think there's the there's fans some fans tolerated it. 
there's some movies or, or like when I'll see comic books collected into a trade, I do want to say like there's just some things I'm like, really? Did someone demand that? I don't think I don't think they did. Pretty sure nobody did. They just and kind the, of ignored it and knew yeah. it was there and were like, fine. Because you didn't burn it down. <laughs> Here's another. Yeah, I mean, that's a dream come true when you think Wayne Osborne had yeah. 20 grand or whatever it was per issue to pay his favorite comic book artist in life yeah. to draw his character that he created. I mean, you can't fault the guy. That's pretty amazing. I yeah. I don't know if he was just some guy who'd been hoarding his money or just some no idea what is CEO I, I, of some terrible company and it's like I'm going to pay John Byrne <laughs> my crazy character who just yells out boom and yeah. turns into a gun. It turns into a stick of dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually think Michael Golden did he either drew the cover for the uh, the burn trade that I have, or maybe he drew the second. Nah, he couldn't have drawn the second series. Wow. Wayne Osborne is making the dough. Was, yeah, like that's that's another big guy. But I mean, yeah, that's something maybe to Google up because I maybe Golden's like Burn did it for twenty. I'll do it for eighteen an issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and a yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that comic came out, and I didn't know the backstory when that first issue hit the stands. I just saw. I think I remember seeing you. I was like, who's this Wayne Osborne What is this? Guy? Yeah. John Byrne and Wayne Osborne. Yep. Well, yeah, I think you were still working at the uh, the snail when yeah. when LeBrats was coming out. Oh, yeah, LeBrats. Which I recently like reread because I'm like, oh. I'm, that was another I, oh. DC series for people <laughs> listening that John Byrne did. Another failed John Byrne series. Yeah. That didn't last. Was it six issues? How high did it get? Oh. I feel like it went longer, but. That could just be because it just didn't seem to have. I don't know what it was exactly. Maybe they it was just a weird to a twelve issue deal or something. Yeah, and he had a few that, like he did the generations. I think generations came before that, right? Those so, were good. The and those were good, right? Fun. The second one was not too bad, and then by the third run, run when he did like the backwards travel through time thing, that's kind of what he also did in generations, the Marvel run. Marvel did. Which and I actually love both of those, but it's just because it's again sort of just the crazy. You know, th- there's a buddy of mine. We we always talk about Jimmy Olsen, the uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen comics, where it's kind of like the craziest stuff happens, and as long as you can explain kind of what happened in the last page, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> well, I believe it. I buy it. So like, that's kind of what those are like. It's like your heroes through time or whatever, and. and and Lab Rats, as it's properly called, or Labrats, as I prefer, because <laughs> I think you came up with that. I don't even, I think I picked it up from maybe Dave or Mike Drake or somebody. Oh, yeah. And then, because the font, the way that the, the title, the logo yeah. treatment looked like L. Labrats. Labrats. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's L A B and then R dot A dot T dot S. Yeah. And I don't even remember what it stands Labrats. for, but it doesn't matter. Back to your art. I mean, we, art. We go on about we go on about John Byrne for you know eight different oh, podcasts. Apparently, we can. <laughs> We're gonna bring you back. We're gonna go read. We'll just FX do a burn. And just do. Oh man, <laughs> can we read it with funny voices? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, you know it. That's when he said zing, and he turned into a cash register. Oh, what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Bad, bad correlation. Uh. Anyway, my art. You, well, yeah, you're saying. Well, you mentioned pants. Now, do you yeah. find when you're drawing, are there are there things that are wearing are pants? Hard? Am I ever wearing pants when I'm drawing? <laughs> do you find it hard to draw characters with pants, or no? Are there anything like some people like? I was talking. Calman was on here, and I was talking to him about 
um, like some artists have issues drawing feet. Yeah. Like, or, you know, it could be the perspective, could be whatever, but there are certain things that for whatever reason, I just can't draw watches or I can't draw hats that look like they're in proper perspective on a character's head. Do you find any challenges? Like, are there, are there things like that? Like weird, I want to get in. To the, the weird bone, the int- yeah. Let's get in there. Let's get in the yeah. Intricacy. Oh yeah. Well, there's there's a weird thing. Like if you really like look at how pants crease and things like that, when you when you're just drawing it, it can look like the leg is broken. If you sort of just go with what's what it really looks like, so there's a lot of interpretation. There's a lot of stylizing, and there are certain like I can draw jeans pretty well. Um, but I sort of love like jeans with boots or things where the jean connects right to the shoe. But if you go jean, ankle, and then shoe, it's just it's like that's for a dorky character. Like there's there's stuff yeah. like that. But dress pants, because uh, basically it's like it tapers down to the shoe and then just rests on the top of the shoe that you're sort of it can look weird. Yeah, yeah. Depending on so it's it's a weird thing where like you mean it, like if you were drawing like a Don Draper character. Or yeah. Like yeah. Like unless you go the more like you don't want wrinkles, you don't want to draw too many creases, stuff like that, you sort of have to go I feel like you have to go stylized. That's why a lot of times it's better just to cut the figures off at the waist as often as possible. Just you know, just go for medium shots or close ups because drawing a full figure doesn't always it, it can easily go wrong. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's something that you might take for granted just reading it as a comic reader, and you're reading it like, oh, you know, you don't you don't notice. Then wait a second, when is the last time I saw someone in dress? <laughs> when is the last time I saw somebody draw a character in pleated? In full, dress? yeah, or full. Well, and and uh, I mean, there is that funny thing you, that you'll see when you're looking at comics, where you'll see artists who draw the. It's basically a naked figure with clothing, kind of around it like the knees are solidly there and they've drawn the thigh muscles and then and then like you can see the calf in the jeans and it's like that's not really what pants look like nobody looks naked in their clothing you know you have to you have to learn how to draw the clothed figure like i did the i don't know if you saw those four wonder woman uh costumes designs that i just did yeah i did yeah 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 so yeah that was i was looking at uh i was i was just looking at 70s fashion and the way Linda Carter used to look so amazing when she was just Diana Prince, exactly, even in yeah. that, in that, in the old TV show, uh, with the big round glasses. So I just started sketching things and then I was like, well, why don't I just draw a bunch of these fashions, but as if it's Wonder Woman's actual costume. So there's like her with big frilly loose pants that I don't even know. Like it kind of looks like a skirt almost and the culottes, which were big in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? The, and then just the floods or the flares, you know, where it, it flares out at the bottom with the boots and just, yeah, just kind of have fun with the fashion. Yeah. And that's, those were great. And I also wanted to talk to you about your Superman. Take us through. For through that. Well, yeah. About, and yeah. I wish, and I can't take credit fully for the, uh, I, I believe I was reading in a comment section, uh, something about power. No. Yeah. Power girl and Supergirl, and how they have to have skimpy clothing, skimpy costumes because they, absorb the sun and because that's what kryptonians on earth do is absorb the sun and turn into their superpowers of course and uh someone commented and said well then why is superman fully covered and i was like yeah that doesn't seem right (laughs) so (laughs) being a fan of equal opportunity sexism and beefcake i was like all right superman should just be in swim pants even that he should probably not even have swim pants 
but just for modesty's sake, I'll put them in the like I put them in those box cut trunks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and posted that on Twitter, and that was like I think even still that's the most I've ever been tweeted and retweeted. And Twitter went crazy. Oh my! And it showed up on uh, you know a couple of blogs and nerd blog. And what the funniest thing was that. Anybody who had a problem with the drawing had a problem with the fact that he's wearing flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> and and I put him in flip flops because I think those are funny. I yeah, just think that would be hilarious. such a if Superman showed up in flip flops, that would just be funny. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, why is he wearing flip flops? Like, why isn't he wearing boots or he's barefoot? I'm like, because flip flops are funny. Yeah, come on. And I mean, and he's wearing swim trunks. Come on. For people listening, you gotta you gotta check these out. Uh, you you put them on your blog, maybe? Or? Yeah, like I. I think if you Google uh, Superman and my name, I J-Bone think it Superman. shows up. Yeah. yeah. And they were because it was the sun thing. It makes perfect sense. It was almost to. Like a reaction to. It, it was almost a reaction to the Superman not having underpants in the new underpants. Kind of in a way, yeah. You know, yeah. because his costume, for people who don't know, the newly designed new 52 DC Superman didn't was just in all blue and didn't have his classic red underoos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, yeah. So now he's just sun. all, yeah. yeah. So he's just completely exposed and, and I didn't even draw a cape on him cause I thought that'll block, you know, him getting, and I did a follow-up drawing sort of as a, like, thanks everyone for, you know, all the retweets and just to draw another Superman. That one, he wore a cape. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, actually part of the, uh, the original drawing as Wonder Woman, Totally being like, yeah, that's this is what you should always have done, and Batman not being happy with it, and Batman's comment is almost an exact. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but it was like Batman isn't happy about this, or Batman doesn't like this, and it was a direct comment uh, that I basically took from a f- like fanboys complaining when there's too much male skin showing. Oh. They're like, I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. That's what Batman says. It makes me uncomfortable. And uh, and I just, I'm just like, oh, well, tough shit. Yeah. Tough shit. You don't feel comfortable. Street. I yeah. mean, you know, you're looking at all these women in scantily clad outfits. Yeah. Totally and justifying sense. it. And also, it's all skin tight anyway. So it's whether it's blue or... Or skin, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna. It's it's funny, you know. You're still looking at a guy in tights running fast around. Yeah, you know? it's all. But yeah, I mean, it's it all. Oh, it all just connects, or it's all so much just sexism and and misogyny and yeah. anti-feminism and all all of that tied into it, which is so infuriating right now in comics that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes some days when I see things, I'm like, I don't even know how to deal with it. So I deal with it by drawing a funny drawing when I'm in the mood for, yeah. for something fun. Well, they were hilarious and that Bizarro was good too. Well, that's, yeah, I was going to say then the Bizarro follow-up was because Bizarro should have the opposite of Superman in his swim trunks. He's wearing shirt, cape, boots, but no pants. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a nice little sensor bar across the uh, what, whatever genitalia a Bizarro Superman would have. Yeah. Because he is the opposite of square, maybe I don't know. He's the opposite of Superman. I think Bizarro world is square, right? So it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I guess you have square balls. <laughs> like ice oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I've thought too much about this. <laughs> well, you know, you know, fanboys. I had a few people tweet at me. Like one guy wanted to see the uncensored version, and I was, I just had to plead, like, yeah, that doesn't exist. It does. But but I'm like I'm not sending you that. Yeah, real. That's yeah, creepy weirdo. That's totally weird. <laughs> that's just for me. Oh, on a on a 
I don't know how much of a TNG guy. Oh, you are. my parents were Columbia House subscribers oh, to the, you get the video <laughs> to the Star Trek. Yep, <laughs> those videotapes, which I'm pretty sure they still have. <laughs> how did that work? You would get a monthly tape from above Star Trek. Yeah, with two episodes or three episodes per tape. This was Columbia House. You sign up. Yeah, the Columbia House Music Club and Video yeah. Club, but not the Star Trek. Oh Columbia my God! Club. Yeah. So yeah, and then we would all sit and watch them. My dad had a copy of the the Nitpicker's Guide to Star Trek: The Next Generation, <laughs> so Amazing. I used to go through the book and watch the episodes, looking for because they would say like, "Watch for like uh, Captain Picard waving to like somebody the the guy who opens the door." There's a part. There's a an episode where he looks up and and then the the door opens or so, there's some there's stuff like that and uh, Tasha Yar. Waves goodbye one episode before her last episode because oh. they'd already filmed the last episode, so she knew she was done. And so in the the episode right before, she's in the background, and there's like this little wave. Uh, Ashley Judd is in a couple of ep- or she's in yes. at least one episode. Um, I was geeking out because Michael Bell, who's the voice of Duke from the GI Joe cartoon, he plays an alien in it. <laughs> And it just uh, in the uh, in the first. Did you one, recognize his voice? Yeah, that was his voice. Like, Amazing. oh my god, that's Duke. Why is he trying to like give Riker fake apples in the the whatever the first episode is called, Battle at Farpoint or something? Oh, that something. sounds. I'm, I'm, yeah, that sounds right. Anyone listening right now is like freaking out. Oh, I know. Can't get this right. It's like you know what? I think it was like Engage at Far. What was it called? Oh wow! Encounter at Farpoint. I think. Yeah, I think what it's called. But, Let's just say you're right, so that because I'm a podcast. Your parents are listening. Oh, no, no, I'm like, a podcast. The- I'm a podcast listener. Like when I'm when I'm drawing, yeah. and the, there are so many times where I'm sometimes just sitting there and I'm going like, "It's Billy Campbell. It's Billy Campbell. Just say Billy. It, it's Billy." And, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Why can't they hear me?" And so I love that notion, and yeah. and I love when I'm listening to a podcast and someone points out, like someone on the sh- the, the podcast goes, "Man, you know, right now listeners are freaking out." I'm like, "Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. We just did so it. to be I'm a part sorry. of it. I'm that's s- awesome." Jay and I mean nothing but goodwill towards all of you right now. <laughs> I think it's called. I'm positive, a hundred percent positive. It's called Showdown at Farpoint. <laughs> Far points in there. Some far. Yeah. There's something far. But it is and, the and voice of Duke. That's what's important. You'll know in like three weeks when yeah. someone just tweets at you that they just listened to yeah. the show. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, TNG's great. So oh, yeah. Going, going back and but just watching something that when I was a kid, I was like, there's stuff I didn't get. And then just seeing it now, it's like the, the fact that everyone is just accepting of this world. Yeah. Like we are in the future. It's better. Mankind has evolved past all the stupid little things that didn't really matter back in 1989 or whatever yeah. this. And then see how much it doesn't matter. And it's so it's so relaxing. It's yeah. almost I don't know if you watch Frasier, but I almost it's like there's something about <laughs> Frasier that's just a relaxing show in the background. Oh my, my face just dropped. Just <laughs> completely just fell off. I'm equating Star Trek TNG to Frasier. I'm not the you know, Frasier is not my favorite. I'm more of a Seinfeld guy than Frasier. Yeah. But there's something about the tone of Frasier, the lighting, the sound, the just the aesthetic I of could the see, whole sure, production. Yeah, yeah. There's something relaxing about it. You put it on and it's just there's it's soothing in a weird way. Yeah. TNG I find the same way as much at least this first season I find it Well the first season's crazy because I'm I'm just thinking I remember um like it 
I remember there being some really good like sci-fi time travel like Jordy gets locked in an alternate dimension. There's there's also a lot of same stories Spoiler, where like I haven't gotten there or like time freezes. <laughs> well, I didn't. Yes, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here doing a podcast. Yeah, let's talk about podcasts. Yeah, well, you just did this awesome comic, Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. Yep. From Image Comics, and this is based on the Thrilling Adventure Thrilling, Hour, yeah. which is a long-running podcast. It is. And now there's a comic book, and it's outer space, cowboys, awesome yeah. stuff. What's Robots. Ro- what's this about? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got a call from, or got an email from uh, Nate Cosby, who was looking for artists on it, and, and uh, I'd heard, I'd listened to a few of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, so I knew about it. Um, but also it's, it's like pulp type radio stuff. I love listening to old radio plays like Jack Benny and, and that's stuff that I'm into anyway. So it was totally up my alley. Um, and, and yeah, like thrilling adventure hour is huge. They do these live tapings of their show at, uh, at Largo in LA, which is this huge nightclub that that like you know comedians kind of aspire to get into and and yeah yeah a lot of improv and comedy yeah. and stuff yep um and uh so um where was i going with that i don't even remember but anyway actually so they've had like nathan fillion has been on some of their show i don't know whether he was on sparks nevada or not but uh you know, he's been in episodes, so, uh, Patton Oswald, I think. And they improvise the the saga of Sparks Nevada. Well, right? I think it's script, It's scripted. Oh, so okay. uh, Ben, the two Bens, Ben Acker and Blacker, uh, they're, the, they're the guys behind Sparks Nevada. Um, uh, anyway, they've got, they've got a series. So they have like the science fiction detective or the uh, supernatural detectives. Mm-hmm. They, like they have a love of the old, the old radio plays. And uh, yeah, so I got the Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, um, and I'm getting to draw cowboys, robots, aliens. It's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering because I thought the show, I guess it is scripted, but I thought they did do some improv stuff. So I was curious if they improvised the script for the comic book as well. Or and I, had to dr- and I had to draw it completely <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> you went to this improv yeah. show. You're like, oh man, I'm like, trying to keep up. <laughs> trying to keep up. Okay, you got this butterfly robot thing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they, is this now, is this going to be a monthly series or it's an limited? It's a four issue, four issue limited series. Um, yeah, they've got, uh, and, and I mean, it's been in a way it's sort of random. What I, what I don't know is whether they, comics are a different, they're a visual medium. Mm -hmm. So the guys can now write stuff that, uh, that I have to draw. Like when you're on a radio show, you just have a couple of sound effects and that's a spaceship. So it's it's funny to take that and and turn it into a visual medium where I've got to now come up with what does uh, what does Croach look like? What do the what does the Mercury the the robot horse like mm-hmm. all of that stuff? I have to kind of establish that now. You have to create the yeah I'm, what I'm, looks what fits in this universe, creating this whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I actually love that kind of stuff, um, but it's also difficult because there's this whole fan base they've got where those guys have guys and girls have in their brain what these things look like and what these right. characters look like so what if i get that wrong they've built it what up. if i screwed it up well 
Yeah. You know what? Same thing when I'm watching the Spider-Man cartoon. I'm like, Peter Parker doesn't sound like that in my head yeah. when I read him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so actually they, they're gonna have to deal with that, Jay. And and I was I was so super nervous before the first issue came out because there's also the fact that these like the fans that they've got may not necessarily be comic book fans. Right. And then comic book fans may not know what thrilling adventure hour is in sparks nevada so you want that crossover mm-hmm. you you want both parties to buy it because then that's twice the sales but you never know like yeah like i was nervous the first issue sales were really good and i guess the uh the second issue orders doubled so Great. i'm like that's awesome well it looks that's all amazing. i could ask for everyone needs to check this out yeah sparks nevada from image comics yeah and, uh, issue two issues are out right now two issues are out right now yeah. probably on the way by the time this comes out yep so, but you listen to a lot of podcasts, and I mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of artists who, when you're drawing, it's it's just a great thing to put on in the background, right? Yeah, it's good. Do you listen to music at all? Is there any tunes that inspire you? Uh, I go through I go through phases, just like sort of with podcasts. Like right now, the ones I love are are all science based. Um, although now, for whatever dumb reason, at night I'm listening to uh, the horror, which is an old 40s and 50s. Uh, radio show and it's it's like scary stories it's the kind of thing like you're supposed to turn off the lights and listen to the radio and some of them freak me out there's some there's some pretty creepy and it, so of course I'm listening to them at night <laughs> which is perfect to get freaked out by are they actually from the 40s or it's yeah, a current yeah. show oh yeah all from the so um, it's curated content that someone's found it is uh, Relic Radio uh, ten pa- or twelve past midnight, something like that. You know what I mean? There's all these like uh, amazing shows that that are fun to tune into. Um, music wise, uh, I like soundtracks. I like classical. That's sort of what I'll put on if I'm working to to do drawing things. To do things. Yeah, just do things. Get yeah. your mind to do things. Is your mind not doing anything? I, <laughs> just throw on some Vivaldi or <laughs> or Chanakovsky. Yeah, any of them. Or, you know, that back guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, sometimes I'll pick, like, depending on what comic I'm working on, I'll pick a soundtrack or music that, like, you know, suits it. Like, if I've got an action scene, I do kind of want some, like, punchy, fun music. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, uh, the soundtrack I kind of always keep going back to is the, um, any one of the parts of the Caribbean soundtracks. Yeah. Man, those, yeah. They're just amazing. You can feel the waves. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can feel the pirates. <laughs> the uh, black is it the black pearl? Is that the black name of the pearl? The curse of the black pearl. Yeah, yeah. dead man's chest. Yeah. It is good. It, yeah, it's, it's some good music. Yeah, good tunes. Some great stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's what I listen to. So when you're drawing, it's cool to know when you're drawing a comic because it seems like it would suit perfectly to have yeah, some great yeah. scores in the background. And I'm not listening. Like I, I worked at Oni for a while, and they're very like those guys are all music guys, like '80s '80s music and. I remember a couple of other comics would have like the playlist in the back. Yeah. I think Scott Pilgrim has that. Like, mm-hmm. this is the playlist. So listen to this while you're reading this scene. And I always think, like, oh, yeah, I don't, I'm listening to nerd music. So <laughs> put on the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack when you're reading Sparks Nevada. <laughs> Maybe some Ennio Morricone or yeah. Morricone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My, Good, the bad, the ugly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 My name is nobody. Listen to some of that. That gets some Western going. That, that. Maybe a bit of Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one in the stream? The river? It's <laughs> the one in the stream. You know that one about the stream? Or you're in the, in the stream. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. 
That's the one. One in the islands. Stream. Islands in the stream. Islands in the stream. With Kenny Rogers. Yeah, I think Lauren Hill may have sampled that and re. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. It was. It was eluding me. Sorry, my Dolly Parton. Oh, I'm yeah, a big Dolly Parton fan. Just, so well, I just remember when I was a kid, I was always thinking, man, Dolly Parton's got a really big head. Like <laughs> it was all hair? wig. It, it was, was all was wig. It a wig. It was all wig. Oh, giant wigs. Yeah. 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 And then uh, you know. Other God-given gifts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the voice. I'm, I'm, exactly. <laughs> those natural nails. I, I'm just thinking if you want to, we could go, at this point, we can go Dolly Parton or go back to John Byrne because I'm I'm an expert on both. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this, well, you need to combine the two somehow. I don't even know. Dolly Parton, you know what? Celebrity comic books stink, yeah. so I would never do that. No. So when you're reading a comic, do you... Are there certain comics that inspire you to draw more oh, than yeah. others? Yeah. Oh, well, and James Heron, both him. There's like there's a few guys right now who are drawing. I would say this like kinetic, super energy brush ink style. Sean Murphy, yeah. James Heron. I look at them and I'm like, oh, I want to draw that cool. Oh, Scott Hepburn. Yeah. Scott Hepburn is a he's a Toronto guy. And Matteo Scalera from yes. uh, Black, Black Science. Science. Yeah, great yes. stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. So those guys, I feel like there there's a similarity there, but there's also like and I just I like mm, there's like this they're so modern, but then they're drawing with brush, which is like so old fashioned. I don't know, I love it. So I I may or inadvertently swipe. From them, <laughs> you know, just because I'm, I'm like, how do they do that? I wanna, I wanna try and recreate, you know, the energy they've got on the page. Your Kirby influence, I can, I can yeah. definitely see, like in in some of your. Do you figures. see my John Byrne influence? <laughs> I can. Yeah, <laughs> well, probably, you, know, you probably do. You know where I see your Byrne influence? It's in your page structure and your layout, yeah. and just sort of how you visualize a scene. And I think like Byrne is a guy who's technically was so ahead of things, I think. And like, you look at his covers from the eighties. We keep going back. to. I know. I just keep bringing them up. Well, you got the same initials, JB. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, sorry. So this kinetic energy Mm -hmm. of, of of the art. Yeah. So those, those, I mean, and that's in sort of contrast to like Mike Mignola, who's designed and composition and a lot of heavy blacks. Yeah. yeah. Like colors. They're great. Yeah. uh, so much. I'm really actually low as well as been. Yes, I cannot pronounce that guy. What is it? Tachini? Rick Remender. Oh, no, uh, Tachini. The artist. Tachini or Tachini? Tachini, Tachini. Anyway, like, that guy. Chickety. Find low. Amazing. Low yeah. is good, but I'm bringing in the chickadee. Yeah, I worked on chickadee. Yeah, worked Why are you chick- bringing up chickadee? Because chickadee is an interesting bird-based named magazine. <laughs> I had a, I forgot you had a chickadee subscription? Well, when I was a kid, I got chickadee and I think Ranger Rick. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had Ranger Rick. That, and there was cool science experiments and stuff like. This is I for the was, Canadian audience right now. They're, yeah, the American audience Canadian? is like, I don't know what you guys. I think it was like an aunt or an uncle of mine just would give me this subscription every year for my birthday, and I yeah. get a Chickadee and Ranger Rick subscription, and I just sort of took it for granted that this thing would show up in my mailbox. Yeah, and I kind of forgot it it existed, and then I remember when you were working on Chickadee and an owl. Yeah, and was Chickadee sort of. To like, you get to maybe younger readers, and then yep. you graduate to owl. Yeah, chirp is chirp. <laughs> chirp is babies to toddlers. They, hey, toddlers have a magazine. Ye- yep, yep. Well, you know, you want to read to your kids, and there's oh, like paper the paper cutout okay, crafts. Like, kids are reading. And then chickadee is uh, um, what toddlers like. I only read chirp the articles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my favorite article was, so you're in the corner. What next? And a baby. I don't know. <laughs> I like your baby voice. That's my baby voice. Um, yeah, Chickadee so is, chirp, okay. is like younger. I would say that's grade one to five. Although, you know what? Kids these days are so much more advanced than we yeah. were as kids or I was. So the five-year-olds are reading Owl now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then Owl is, yeah, Owl's sort of the preteen set. And then you're, you know, you're not into, you're, then you're into what, Seventeen Magazine and yeah, cool, where do you go and cool stuff. Like maybe, did I go from Owl to Ranger Rick? I don't know. Or Ranger Rick. I feel like Ranger Rick thing. was around the same age group. Yeah. It was a raccoon. Yeah. And, and did you get like, I had Dynamite as a kid. I don't know if we had a subscription. Dynamite? Yeah, because it ever had... And Hot Dog? Yeah, Hot Dog, yeah, yeah. They were both sort of the celebrity magazines at the time. I think they were Canadian, I think. They must have been I don't know. Based. It was like from know. Scholastic. I think that was like Scholastic's answer to crappy children's magazines. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, like here's beaten. a profile on Debbie Gibson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like five years after she's relevant at I re- all. I remember one with Scott Bale on the cover. Yeah, it sounds right. I could. I don't know if I had it, but yeah. I could just imagine that being real. So with Owl and Chickadee, you were drawing comics in them, right? Like, were you... Yeah, actually, I created. Uh, oh, like, what were their names? Um, the, the I created three superheroes that were in. I think I just did four, maybe five adventures with those guys. There was like the uh, the Golden Owl, um, Splat was my big purple Hulk guy who was sort of like Jelly, and Jill Frost, the uh. the Ice Girl. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. I actually took the Golden Owl character and turned him into. The gray owl for the uh, True Patriot comic oh, that, cool. that I do with like Jay Torres is in there. Uh, who else is in that book? Scott Chandler, right? Scott Chandler, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, Tom Fowler, a uh, bunch of all of us Canadian artists working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having fun on the weekend? Is what I want to know. Oh, I'm so glad the snowstorm's over. <laughs> the weekend. It's a universal weekend. Exactly. Well, yeah, we don't know when. Anybody's listening to this? No, you could. They could be listening during the week. It's like you watch an episode of Star Trek. Back to Star Trek. <laughs> you don't know what day it is. Is it Thursday? Is it Monday? You have no idea. It doesn't matter. It could be a piece of magnetic tape that the ape men have found in the future. People could be listening to this millions of years in the future. It could happen. Technology traveling through time right now. <laughs> Are we about to do a, like a mindful meditation? We're just getting, yeah, we're just, just, just through taking time. in for a minute. Everybody, I just want us to think. Think about the future. Not too far ahead into the future, though. <laughs> Don't go too far. You'll get lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did the chips okay? The popcorn all right? You like Popcorn's that? chips. Quality chip. Only the best. Only the yeah. best. So other than comics and chips, you love, uh, you have a very unique skill that I actually can honestly, say I don't know anyone else who does it you crochet yeah and but you don't just crochet when you think crochet people might think a a blanket like blanket afghans yeah Yeah. and not even just a blanket an afghan an afghan what's the difference between an afghan and a oh just the name (laughs) fancy fanciness I, I tend you to crochet think, characters. Yeah, yeah. I like. I I actually learned how to crochet because I wanted to start making my own toys, really. And I don't know how to sculpt, 
I don't know how to do like I just I just couldn't learn all that like you can make your own action figures with by learning molding and plastics and all that kind of sh- stuff. But uh so I just learned how to do this like cute circular crocheting and and started making superhero dolls and they're amazing. crazy stuff. So you will build like let's say you make a Batman yeah. Doomsday or you go you go into all kinds of different Yeah. Like do you know how many you've made? Uh, I've kept most of them. Like I've got, I have a few different, I sort of created my own pattern of different body types. So I have like the superhero, cartoony superhero ones. And then I have those big head, like basically I took Funko's, uh, pop vinyl, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the bobbleheads and whatever, super popular right now. I sort of took those, that giant head shape and the small body and made my own version of that. So I've got like the demon, Spider-Man, I don't know, and and I've made Thor, Hulk, Hellboy, uh, some of the Doom Patrol, uh, Dupe. And actually, Man. Dupe making Dupe is what got me into Wizard Magazine. They they published like a little spread of my crocheted dolls. Really? Because I sent Dupe to Mike Allred. Famous magazine Wizard. <laughs> I just hey, read Wizard every, Magazine I've read it for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've Sorry. I've been in Wizard Magazine a couple of times, oh. not because of me doing comic books, but uh, in the early days, I submitted a cover. Remember when Wizard used to have, like, Draw the Wizard, their oh, Wizard yeah. no, character? I'm listening. Tell me. Yeah. I was hardcore. I had a subscription. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm in the issue with uh, Todd McFarlane's Spawn on the cover. I'm wow. in. I'm in the, like, the cover submissions I want to say that was like around the issue 20s, maybe. It was really early, yeah. 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 Or maybe, no, that was probably earlier. Yeah, that was I want to say teens. 12. Yeah, 12 or 13. Yep. I'm in an issue close to you. Really? Where Art T-Bear is doing his best Jim Lee impression, and it's like the Women of the X-Men cover. I remember that cover. I had a letter published because everyone, there was a big thing about everyone's trying to theorize who... Cable was at that point. Okay. And the big, everyone said, oh, it's Nathan. Wow, it's spoilers. Nathan. Yeah, it's <laughs> Nate Summers. It's Cyclops' son. So everyone's pitching all these theories. So I was like, everybody knows it's Nate Summers. I'm going to pitch that Cable was Anthman. I was like, look, at the end of Anthman, he disappears into this weird, you know, just sort of explosion, and no one knows what happens to him into this portal. And maybe he transported into the future and he became Cable and blah, 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 blah. He has all these powers. So then Wizard, instead of like acknowledging that, hey, that's like kind of a hilarious theory, they just try to be really cool. And they're like, well, that's the dumbest theory. We've ever heard. We like to end our letters column with a really stupid idea. Oh, so you were, like, you were the dummy. I was the dummy in the letters oh. page. I was like, you guys are idiots. And he, I was maybe like 12 or 13 right. when I got published. But anyway, so. And, yeah. Well, it's not exactly something you want to share with. You're like, hey, I got a letter Published in the nothing, never mind. Yeah, in Wizard, where they <laughs> mocked me because they're just a bunch of idiots. Yeah. So. <laughs> no fun. But yeah, but uh, going back to the dupe. So, in there, yeah. yeah, so uh, Mike was, uh, Mike Allred was being featured for his ex, uh, dupe was an ecstatics. Yes, yeah. So he was their featured interview and he said, by the way, you guys might think this is cool. Here's a dupe that, that you know, the guy who inked Darwin on the, the, uh, the dupe Wolverine crossover just made and so they contacted me to say like so yeah we saw this uh, weird crochet dupe that you sent mike can we talk about that and yeah they did a little interview on why i started and and featured some of the figures i'd made up until then i think there's like pretty sure i'd made calabac by then uh dr doom dupe 
And maybe one of the Doom, maybe Robot Man is in that. Yeah, I remember your Robot Man. Yeah. yeah. And have you, now you were saying you keep them all. You don't. I've still got a lot of them. You don't sell them or you, nah, you, you know don't what? want to? Well, yeah, part of it is I don't want to sell them. And the other part is that they take me so long to make that I don't know what I would charge for them. Because if I charge for my time, that's outrageous. But. I kind of feel like well, I spent like a week on this, yeah, and I'm gonna get fifty bucks. So not not that I'm looking for like an equal value, but that just feels like I got ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I kind of just keep them around, and I give them to people. Or um, Hellboy, I just gave to a friend who she was doing a charity over Christmas, like you know the gifts for kids kind of thing, and and uh, getting money. So I did a drawing and gave her the Hellboy to. Do as a as a like blind auction or not a blind auction, but you know what I mean, silent yeah. auction, silent yeah. auction thing. So yeah, I kind of that's kind of what I just do. And now, are you in touch? Because I don't know anything about the scene. Like, is there like a, a crochet, crochet scene? scene? Like, are there oh, there's like, a secret underground scene <laughs> into the yarn, except the yarnies. <laughs> or, you call you know, I actually call. What's funny is because I, I I did some for an art show once and. Uh, Somebody at the art show said, like, you should call these Yarnies. The, and I'm like, that's, yes. So I call them Yarnies, yeah. Perfect. The but yarnies. yeah, it's, it's funny. It's <laughs> one of those things where, like, I, I realize that, as like, lots of people cro- craft and crochet and knit. Um, and, and when you go into a yarn store, like, now I know that there's a lot of people that, that craft. So they're, But when I was initially going in, I felt like I had to sort of prove that I was legit. <laughs> <laughs> to the to the yarn people, because because I felt like, like going to a record store. This is amazing. Yeah, you're like like well, otherwise they're looking at you like, why is this guy in the? Why is he buying yarn? What what's he doing? And and so I would ask. I would I would always just ask the ladies for like help with getting hooks or or like I was still learning. So legitimately, I was asking like stitch advice and stuff like that. I mean, but now. There's a well, yeah. There's a yarn store I go into, and they know me, so so I'm kind of like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, that's that guy that makes the dolls, right? Yeah, he's a yarny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's a whole little underground society of knitters and crafters. I find that really fascinating. I think you are on the cusp of this yarn thing. Do your own yarn. You should do a yarn cast. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Podcast. The problem with it is, like I say, the 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 money that you could sell these for doesn't equal the amount of time. Yeah. Um, but, but it's also, it's for me, it's for fun. Mm-hmm. So my money making is drawing comics and, and maybe doing commissions every now and then, but this is the fun. That's why I'd rather give the things away. Yeah. Cause then it's like, it's a fun thing. I made this. Do you want it here? Keep it pure. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So what's, what's coming up next for you? What's going on? Sparks Nevada. Sparks Nevada. Um, There's a couple of you know. There's a couple of things I can't talk about. One is an exciting one thing. I'm like, I want to do more of my beefcake art. Yeah. So uh, on my Instagram. So what's the beef? You've got a separate. You do a beefcake blog. Um, Yeah, actually, you know what? I my blogs are sort of they've been ignored because of Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. So like that's just so much easier to update. Those those places. So like Instagram is sort of where to go. I'm the uh, what am I? I'm the original J Bone on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. Okay. Go Can on Twitter. Um, so I want to sort of focus more on my beefcake art. And there's a publisher who 
I've been talking to about doing something. We haven't figured out what yet, but doing something with a lot of the, like I've got stacks of, of beefcake drawings. And for those who don't know, beefcake drawings are like drawings of sexy men. It started with the Superman tweet. Yeah. It's going to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it's going to so. go from we there. We didn't even talk about the Super Friends because you did the Super Friends. Series. Oh, my God. Years ago. Yeah. 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 It was all the DCU characters. Yeah. And, uh, but they were the, it was the all ages run. kids line. Yeah. Because you did so many great covers for that. That was, I did every cover and it was, that was my, one of my favorite jobs ever. And because uh, I was drawing all the, the main DC characters like once a month for these covers and then occasionally interiors. And yeah, and it was a book that I could give to kids to read because the stories were good. And you know what? Um, I, I found this stuff out like Sholly Fish, the writer of that series, he based a lot of his stories on the old Justice League of America comics, which again goes back to those crazy Jimmy Olsen stories. Right, right, right. Some of those stories are super weirdo. They fought a giant starfish in the first well, issue well, ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, and like, there, was, there was a story I read the other day where it was, it was a wind creature who lived on a planet that he made that is an exact replica of Earth, only he's the Justice League, so he forms wind versions of the Justice League. That's that's just the setup. <laughs> wind version. Yeah. It's crazy. Is there like Winter Woman and Well, no, they all had their real names and they looked real, like they looked the way they look. <laughs> it's just I want you to keep going now. Gus yeah. Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman was the best. Wonder Woman's the best, back. and you, yeah, you, you had it right off the bat. And Superman, of course, is just Superman. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. So crazy, yeah, crazy Justice League. So yeah, Super Friends was super fun, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, bummer that that got canceled. But that and that came out of time. There was Tiny Titans was coming out around the yeah. same time too. So DC was putting a big push on mm-hmm. all his books. And- yeah, like Tiny Titans was exactly perfect. Yeah. Baltaz- Art Balthazar and and uh, uh, Franco. Perfect on that, and and it showed. I mean, like people love that book. Yeah, well, and when then you pair the right creator with something. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what sells comics these days, and I think should anyways. And that's yeah, yeah. You shouldn't just go like, oh, you know what we need? We need a crew, kooky, bizarre comic. Yeah, doesn't matter who draws it. We just need the comic. No, you gotta you gotta pair it up with that's a good. yeah. But well, you're always staying busy. You're always doing cool stuff. You know, we'll keep an eye out, keep looking for you on the racks and stuff. Thanks so much for coming by, man. It's, uh, it's a good weekend. My Blood pleasure, lives, burglar. Times. Yeah, man. All righty. Let's go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I'll, uh, we'll get our Superman costumes on. Get right. Full, wear yes. our flip-flops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sit on the couch and I'm watching Nick again. Maybe I will drink three beers. Scratch that. Maybe I will drink four beers. Gonna shred some no-name ruffles Gonna crush some name-brand Cause you can skimp on the chips But don't you dare, 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 dare skip on that dip What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive Yo, I feel fine What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive Yo, I'm doing alright Walk the food land Searching for some discounted garlic bread Check the discounted shopping cart If they ain't got none I'll walk home instead Get some garlic Get some margarine Gonna mix it in a bowl 
spread that ish on some bread. Next thing you know, you got some kick-ass garlic bread. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. Yo, I feel fine. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. Yo, I'm doing all right. I love Star Trek. I love Next Gen. Gonna watch it all day long. Warfie is getting angry. Data, he talks too much. If that alien it moves, I bet it's something Riker, he'll try to fuck. When we watch Next Gen, we got no time for Q episodes. I got a lot of free time, but I got no free time for no Q episodes. If I had a holodeck, make it look like my living room. Watch Next Gen all day. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. Yo, I feel fine. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. Yo, I'm doing all right. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. I feel fine. What a wonderfully mediocre day to be half alive. Yo, yo, I'm doing all right. been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network.